Financial independence is within reach. You just never been given a game plan. MPS. MPS. I said we're talking about money. 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 Cash. Cash. I said we're talking about money. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right Podcast, a podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business, because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. This show is designed to change just that. I am your host, Money Misfit, Jamar DuPas. This is episode number 96. And today, today we're going to talk about financial independence. And we talk about this around this time of the year, every year. We really talk about financial independence all the time. But today we want to talk about uh, how to get financial independence for the regular person, right? Going from nothing to getting to financial independence. So I think you're going to get a whole lot out of this show. I hope you're going to like it. Uh, And if this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome, welcome. I don't know how you've gotten here, but I appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life, how you can use it to get the things you want to get, go to places you want to go. Because not only do you get your money here, we want you to get your money. We want you to understand your money thoroughly so nobody else can take advantage of what you work so hard to achieve. So if you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com and sign up for our best stuff right there on the site. So with that being said, let's get on with it. First of all, Happy Independence Day to uh, those of you who are in the United States of America. And I think there's like a Canada holiday or something like that, too. But anyway, this is the time of the year that we celebrate freedom, independence uh, from colonialism. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to go into that too much, but uh, independence of being dependent on somebody else. And this is a key time, at least in my mindset, to start thinking about what actually independence is all about. Not as necessarily for a country, but for you and for your family and what you want, what you want to how you want to live your life out, because independence is just that the ability to be non-dependent on some other outside entity or outside uh, force. And it's really important when we're talking about money that the end game is financial independence and not even the end game. But for me. In my honest opinion, I think it's step one, right? I think it's the floor level that we are we need to be striving to get to. So now I've talked about how to define financial independence, how to measure it, things like that. So we're going to touch on that a little bit because it's important that we define this, because if you don't define it, if it's not clear to you exactly what it is, you will likely not ever achieve it. Right. Because how can you game plan for a place that you want to go to if you don't know what that place is, right? You just end up just kind of going anywhere. I think it was at um, Cat and Alice in Wonderland. They were asking, well, where do you want to go? And she was like, well, I don't know where it doesn't matter. And he says, well, it doesn't matter. You know, you go anywhere, it'll take you there, right? So anyway, what is financial independence? Some people, they look at it as this way to, to be a baller where you can, you know, take private jets wherever you want to go. You can uh, sell over the seas for a year. You can never have to worry about money again. All these other little things that people think about. But 
as it's defined by the misfits, right? And it's just defined by many other people in the industry that get the money game. Financial independence, it's merely just a situation where your reoccurring income, right, meets or exceeds what your expenses are. So, and when I mean by reoccurring in- income, I mean money that you're bringing in that don't require you to go to work for. All right, for most of us, we're, we do okay, right? We have enough money, right, from our jobs to pay for our expenses as it stands right now. But if we stop working at our jobs or at our businesses, that income stops coming in and those expenses don't, right? That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about when your investments, when your businesses that you own, not necessarily work in, the businesses that you own or even work on, and your investments, when those reoccurring incomes, those streams of incomes that come in without you having to show up, when they exceed your basic expenses, you are financially independent, right? And there are so many things that can happen once you've reached that pinnacle of success, and so to speak. And like I said, I don't know if you know if I really consider it a pinnacle. For me, it's the bare minimum, right? It's like, uh, it's the standard. If I don't get there, then I'm doing this for nothing, right? Because once you get there, think about it like this. Once you get to the point, well, think about it like this. If you did not have to go to work, right, and your bills were paid today, right now, just think about it, right? Maybe today is Monday, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, right? It could be Sunday night, you're listening to this, and you got to go to work the next day. Imagine what you could accomplish if you did not have to go to work tomorrow. Now, you may want to go to work or today, right? You may want to go to work and that's fine. But just think about how freeing that would be if you did not have to be there. You could actually be there because you want to be there. Think about the impact that you can make. Think about the freedom that you would have. Think about the the lack of pressure that would be upon you if you did not have to go there for the paycheck, right? That's what I'm talking about. And that's why I think financial independence is the ground level. Because once we get the finances out of the way, once we get the 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 expenses covered, you can start thinking about real big things, right? You can start thinking about legacy. You can start using your time in the most efficient way and not using your time in a way you feel like you have to or you won't survive, right? Because once you kind of get to that place of peace, once you get to that place of 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 being able to sit down and not worry. And you can do this without money, right? The people do this with meditation. They do this with prayer. They do. I, I do it all the time, right? I'm not significantly in a position where I am financially independent, right? I still need to go to work as it stands in my own financial life. But I also don't worry about money, right? We call that financial ease. We want to help you get to that point. That's the step before financial independence. But just, just you know, as we're talking about today, financial independence it's that place where you can get there and you can think about what you really want to do and think about what you can accomplish. And you can really accelerate your game plan because you have the time and you have the mental capacity to think about doing things greater than what you're doing right now. It just frees up so much time so you can be much more effective is, is the point I'm trying to make. So that's what I want to make sure we define. We define what financial independence is, right? So that for whatever that is for you, personalize it, right? So you say, I need to make $3,000 a month to cover my expenses. Well, then you want to start, you want to start thinking about how can you create a reoccurring income, right? Without you necessarily having to work that would free up your time 
and pay your bills at that 3000 or more a month, right? That's a different mindset than when you're thinking about retirement, right? The problem with retirement is it doesn't put you in a position to how life will be after retirement, right? You Even after you retire, let's say you do save up $500,000 or a million dollars or $2 million or $4 million. You still got to find a way to have to take that money and make it reoccurring income for yourself because you still got to have income, right? You don't want to spend all that money and then hoping that you spend it all before you die. That is a terrible existence, right? What will probably end up happening is you'll have to go back to work somewhere where you don't want to be. So I think that's the biggest problem with retirement is we go through this hope and spray, hope and pray strategy. I'm a big fan of hope. I'm a big fan of prayer. But when it comes to your money, that's not a financial plan, right? And so many people that teach the retirement game plan, that's basically what it is. They are hoping that you will continue to hope and continue to pray while they are making reoccurring income off the money that you're putting in every single month. So think about that. The people that are telling you to put your money aside for 30 years, 40 years, and just hope that at the end of that 40 years that the money will be enough for you to live the rest of your life, they're not doing that. They're actually making money off of your money every single week or every couple of weeks or every month that you're sending that money in, in the, in the form of commissions, in the form of fees and, and all that stuff. They're doing, they're getting cash flow off of your money while you're not getting the cash flow off of your money, right? So that's, that's the distinguishing difference. The reoccurring income, you want to start that as soon as possible and not try to figure that out once you someday hope to retire at your later age. Right. So we want to start the process now. So if you know you need three thousand dollars a month, you may want to start. Well, how can what can I do? What can I create? What can I sell? What can I invest in that maybe would do give me three hundred dollars a month? Right. So if you can learn how to do that. okay, I figured out a way to invest. I figured out a way to sell something. I figured out a way to start a business. I figured out a way to whatever. Right. That gives me three hundred dollars per month and I need three thousand dollars per month to be financially independent, I just take exactly what I just did to get the $300 a month and I do that 10 more times, right? It's really that simple. You do it 10 more times, right? That is the very basic idea of it all, right? So what if it takes you 10 years to do that, right? You do $300, add $300 a month to your reoccurring income, to your income that's coming in without you actually having to go clock in, you do $300 this year, then do add an extra $300 next year, then extra $300 the year after that. You do that 10 years in a row. In 10 years, you are financially independent. Now, which sounds easier, to do that or to wait 30 or 40 years and hope that you have enough to do that when it's all said and done, right? Not knowing what taxes are going to be in the future, not knowing what the cost of living is going to be in the future. Now you really got to kind of scrimp and, and scramble to try to make this thing work later on in your life when you're not really wanting to be doing that, right? So if you can start that game plan now, just think about how much better you will be at making that $300 a month in that 10th year, right? So the same skills that you have today won't be the same skills you'll have tomorrow. What this does, though, is allow you to master the game of learning how to produce cash flow. And the only way you can produce that is you learn how to create things. You learn how to serve people. You learn the skills that it takes to create that type of cash flow. Right. And once you have those skills, they cannot take that away from you.
Then you can teach other people those skills. You can teach your children that, those skills. You can teach your spouse those skills, right? You can then turn around and teach your family, your parents, your friends, everybody around you can learn those skills because you started to learn those skills, right? Now think about what that does to your overall environment, right? What if you learn how to do $300 a month, you teach somebody else to do it, and then they learn how to do $300 a month. Just think about the economic freedom, the 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 community that you create, right? The the quote unquote black Wall Street, so to speak, that you can create in your own micro environment. Because we all we all have our own economies, right? And we can create the people that are around us that surround us create our micro economies. And if we can get people around us making money and more money and more money, we together can do a whole lot more. That's my vision for the show. That's my vision for the community that we're building. That more and more around more and more people around us are learning the skills of value creation. They're learning the skills of income creation, cash flow creation, that to the point where money is not an issue for us at all, right? We get to the point of financial independence, which I feel is the ground floor. Right. And then we take it all up to the next level of financial freedom. Right. Financial abundance of being able to give away dang near all of it. Right. Being able to go out and free our time to go make an impact where it really counts to be able to go out and and buy our politicians. Right. Go out and teach uh, our communities how to raise our own our own families, how to, to grow our own food, how to build our own housing, how to create our own networks. Right. We can really go out and be that part of the community. We can go and fly somewhere where we got to be, where they need leadership, where they need help, where they need the education that we're picking up and learning. And then we turn around and teach. We reach back, pick somebody else up and we rinse and repeat. Because I feel like that is a goal uh, as a human being, as a man, at least for me, that the first thing, the first skill that I had to learn is how to feed myself, right? I had to learn how to feed myself. At 16, I got to go to work. I got to figure out how to feed myself. And then I got to figure out, once I learn how to feed myself, I learn how to clothe myself. I learn how to house myself. I learn how to provide for myself, right? And then once you get to that point, uh, as a man, you do then learn how to do the same thing for one other person. That would be your wife, so to speak, right? And this is just my, my mentality, my mindset, right? So now I learn how to provide for not only myself and feed myself, but also feed myself and my wife, then feed and clothe myself and my wife, and then house myself and my wife, and then, and then create income for myself and my wife, and then it's your family, and then it's your children, and then it's your parents, and, and you know, however you want to do it but then it grows it grows around you then you start hiring employees and you start providing for them in the in a form of wages right and then you help them do the same thing for not only themselves but then their spouse and then their family and you see how this bubble this ripple effect grows around your community and it doesn't have to take 40 years to do this right in fact if you do money the way traditional financial advice teaches you you won't improve your community at all right even those people who are out there saying, hey, let's buy life insurance so when you die, you can leave an inheritance. That's all fine and dandy, right? Uh, to me, that is a bare minimum, right? That is the last resort game plan. That's one of the things you should have in place anyway, like life insurance, that is the last resort. But as we talked about, when we talked about the Rockefellers and stuff like that, just because you leave people money don't mean you left the legacy, right? It doesn't mean you left them what they should do with that money. Right. But if you go through life learning the skills that it takes to produce income, you can also teach your children as you are learning and, and they will do as they see. Right. So as you are learning how to create income, they are also going to learn how to create income. 
passively, uh, or not even necessarily passively, but through business ownership, through con- through uh, you know value creation, through assisting other people, through being a service to other people in your community, your children will learn that. And they will learn it just by observation. But because you're learning this actively, you'll also learn you want to teach your children this actively, right? Now, contrast that to just going to work every day, putting some money in somebody else's hands because you don't you don't know any better. And that's okay. You not knowing any better is okay. But you staying in that place of ignorance is not okay, right? Not okay with me. It may be okay with you, but it's not okay with me. I don't think it's fine. It's not something that I strive for. Don't make your minimums your maximums. I learned that a long time ago, right? And if you make your minimums your maximums, then you will always have worse than the minimums. You will always be dependent on somebody else. Financial independence won't be anywhere in your vocabulary, right? So you contrast that with what your children will learn by watching you go to work every day and come back home and be tired and have excuses and yada, yada, yada. Well, what you're doing is you're teaching them to do the same thing. So when they get to 16, they're not over 8 or 10 or 24 or 36, whatever it is, they're not thinking about value creation. They're not thinking about how to find a way to serve people in a way that they, they would want to be compensated for it. They're learning how to go get a job and go clock in every day. And you might teach them some noble things on like how to be on time or how to be early and how to dress properly or how to speak to your boss or how to not get fired or how to stay out of trouble. All those kind of you know, minion type of skills, which are important to learn, but you got to learn some ball skills too. You got to learn some leadership skills too. Those are the most important and the highly paid, the most, the most, let me see, how should I say this? The most profitable skills that there are out there is leadership, right? And these ball skills that it takes to be able to delegate, earn money and be of value to other people. But if you don't never, if you don't ever learn that, how do you expect them to learn that? They will do what you do. I'm not knocking the job situation. I know there's this idea and there's a few people that's in my inner circle that think that I hate the idea of having a job. I do not. I think it is a great place to go. Anytime you don't have any money or have any purpose, the first thing you should go do is go to work, right? Uh, it solves the problem of having any money and you can find purpose in your work regardless of, of how it how it's, you know, how it fans out. Right. So I am not against the J-O-B. What I am for, though, is to find a way to do the work that you really love and not the work that you need to put food on a table. Right. That's step one. Find work you need to put food on the table. But then you you could you continue to progress. Right. Continue to keep going. It's not a knock on the job. I'm the one that's telling you to go out and create value for people so you can create jobs. Right. And teach people to move beyond that. We will always have jobs. Right. Because jobs create value. Right. The only reason somebody hires you to do a job is because they're trying to find a way to service more people. They're trying to find a way to better service the people that they're already servicing. Right. And they're looking away. They're looking to expand that whole operation. So jobs are not bad. They are necessary. Right. They'll always be around us. Jobs will look different in the future. Right. Just like there used to be a guy that would deliver ice to keep your meat cold. Somebody invented the refrigerator. That job of being the ice man is no longer available. Right. It, the, it's just, you, you don't go to school to be an ice man no more. Right. Because somebody created the refrigerator. Right. Does that mean the refrigerator is a bad thing because it stole that job from somebody? No, because the, the 
point of the economy is not to create jobs, but to create value and create ways for people to have the resources that they want. So don't be afraid of technology. Don't be afraid of people saying that jobs are disappearing and you won't have any jobs in the future. It's not all about jobs. It's about creating the value that people need to gather the resources so they can do the exchange of services and purpose and all that stuff with each other. Because that's all money is. Money is a medium of exchange, right? If we can exchange things without money, we would do it, right? It would be efficient, right? If I offer a service and you offer a service and we barter that way, we feel like our services are of equal and of value to each other. Well, we don't need to involve money. Right. Because we just exchanged what we needed for each other in the first place It's because it's not about the money. The money is a byproduct of the, the value that people want to get from you. Right. Uh, so, for example, if back in the day, if I was a, a chicken farmer. Right. And I had eggs. And then I uh, across the street from me was a, you know, a, a dairy farmer. Right. Who had milk. We would, instead of me going across the street and buying uh, eggs or milk from my, my neighbor, I would just exchange that milk for the eggs that I produce. I produce eggs. They have value. He produced milk. It has value. We exchange that value with each other and boom, there you go. We don't need money to do that. Right. But in situations, you know, as it turns, we use money to be able to get that value from other people and money only comes from other people. Value only comes from other people in that sense of the word. Right. So I didn't mean to ramble on about that, but that's how we get to the point. When you go from zero to financial independence, the only way to get there is to increase your skill set. Right. You need skills that do more than just pay the bills, but you have to start with the skills that pay the bills. And you start that way. The easiest way for people to do is to start that with a job because a job was created by somebody else who's already gone through this process of learning how to create value for other people. Right. You get to piggyback on the work that they've already done. So be thankful for your jobs. Now learn from your job. Right. Think about where your job has come from, the purpose of your job, what uh, opportunities and what people that your job serve and, and how it came about. Look at the business practices of the people you work for, right? Think about the history. Learn about the history of the company that you're working for. Learn about what makes what you do uh, profitable, right? Those are the ways you learn how to go from zero to financial independence. That's how you learn on what to invest in, right? And also think about, we talked about this before, think about what the government gives tax breaks for. Right. Government gives tax breaks for people who invest in real estate. So you may want to think about maybe real estate is something I want to do. Right. They give tax breaks for people who create value. For example, you do get tax breaks if you invest in stocks and mutual funds. Right. Uh, they will they tax you at a lower income rate. It's not at your traditional income rate. It's a it's what they call capital gains taxing. Right. Capital gains are almost half or even less than what they charge you for your earned income, right? So you think about that. What are those things that the government wants you to do? The things that the government wants you to do, they charge you less for taxes or they give you tax breaks for, right? Those are clues to what adds value to an economy because that's really the, the job of the government. They're looking to add value or to create an economy so everybody can have a greater uh, standard of living, right? Because that is the pride and joy of any government ruling body is how their people are living when their people are struggling it looks bad on the government it looks bad on the leadership right so they try to figure out ways to uh, incentivize you to make everybody else 
better. If you're creating jobs, you get tax breaks. If you're creating housing for people, you get tax breaks. One of the, one, somebody asked me once before, well, why do they give you tax breaks for children, right? Why do you get child uh, tax breaks, right? Well, the the government, the country, the community, the environment, we need people to replace the people that are dying, right? So they incentivize you by having more children to replace the people who will no longer be here. Other countries are having a real tough time with this. Places like China and Japan, things like that, they don't have enough young people to replace the old people, right? And to take care of the old people in their old age. They're struggling with that. These demographics are a real issue, right? So those are just things you want to think about. When you're starting from zero to nothing, you got to think about the skills that get you to financial independence. What skills do you need to figure out how to create that $100 a month over and over and over again, or $300 a month over and over and over again, or $1,000 a month over and over and over again without you necessarily having to work for it. If you never start with the skills, if you never invest in the skills, you'll never gather those skills. If you look at the misfit money methods, right? If you look at our buckets, one of our buckets is solely dedicated to getting better, right? We call it the getting better bucket because it has a nice ring to it. But we call it that because we want you to be getting better. We want you to to keep in your mind that you're always improving, that education does not stop with school or after school. Right. Your education continues throughout your life because technology is always changing. Right. Things are always progressing. New skills are always being created. New companies are always being created. New I new ideas will always need to be created. Right. So if you can continuously invest in your own skills in your own ideas, you will always, always be relevant. Remember, we talked about that. The idea of being relevant is key when you're thinking about an economy, especially a growing economy. Right. If you're not relevant, you're broke. <laughs> right. Nobody needs you. And if nobody needs you, nobody's paying you. Right. And how do you make sure that people need you? You have the skills that are valuable to other people. You're finding a way to serve other people. I know that sounds like kumbaya, that sounds like all frou-frou and lovey-dovey, but that's the truth, man. That's the game. That is how the economy is run. I'm not giving you any money if you're not serving me, right, in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You can't force money out of my hand, right, unless you're robbing me, right? And even then, I'm going to give you, if you got a gun to my head and I give you money, it's because I value my life, <laughs> right? If I was stubborn or ignorant and I don't want to be here anymore, if that wouldn't value to me, I wouldn't give you any money. You'd have to take it from me, right? But it's all about value. I'm not giving you money if you're not adding value to my life. But if you're adding value to my life, I will, I will gladly give you my money, right? Because I want what you have. So you think about that. Take inventory on your own self and think about what you have that other people want. The knowledge that you have that other people will pay for. And you take that knowledge, you take that information, and you figure out how to get a game plan under your belt that people will want to pay you for. And you find a way to package it in such a way that it creates a recurring income for yourself where you don't necessarily have to be there five days a week for 40 to 80 hours a week unless you want to do it, right? That's the game plan. Financial independence is within reach. You've just never been given a game plan. You've thought it's some other thing, that you got to somehow save a million dollars, right? And the problem when people tell you that you need to save a million dollars, you look at a million dollars, you look at your bank account, and you go, that's not possible for me to save a million dollars. 
And the truth is that may be the case because nobody told you that what you have to do is create income, right? If you're making $30,000 a year, that's not going to be enough. You got to figure out a way to make 60. And then once you get to 60, you go to 120. Once you go to 120, you go to 240 and you keep moving, right? You keep thinking of ways to create more value for the time that you're putting in. And then as you're doing that, right, you don't increase your, your cost of living, when you get these pay raises, you find a comfortable place for you. If it's three thousand a month, sit at three thousand a month, and maybe only increase it a little bit. If it's five thousand a month, sit at five thousand. If it's ten thousand, sit at ten thousand. Right. So your working income can bring you five thousand a month. Right. Now, if you're comfortable there, if you feel like you can make it work there, now you want you use that five thousand a month, and now you take any extra income, any extra skills, any extra knowledge, and you figure out how to get your reoccurring your passive income, your cash flow income to, to meet or exceed that $5,000 a month. And you can start at figuring out a way to make $100 a month and then 200 and then 500 and then 1,000. If you can figure out how to make 1,000 a month, you do that five times over, right? For some people, that's in real estate. For some people, that is in stocks. If you're actively learning the skills that it takes to make you know, $1,000 a month in the stock market, right? That could be anything, but you got to find out what works for you. But you won't do it by somehow believing that one day you'll have a job that'll take care of everything for the rest of your life. If you do have a job that makes you a million dollars a year, you are well, well ahead of other people. Right. So I'm not saying that a job won't do it. Right. But you got to have the income. Everything starts with the income. Right. If you're making a million dollars a year, but you only need two hundred thousand to live off of and you're putting aside eight hundred thousand. That's after taxes, of course. Then you good. You're going to be good. You're going to be okay. It's real easy to create an income uh, for yourself for life if you're doing that type of that type of thing, right? It's real easy to take $800,000 and save it a few times a year, and then one day you find a way to create income for yourself, right? You can buy apartment buildings. You can buy businesses that are already creating ca- cash flow. There's all types of things you can do when you have that amount of money. But if you never learn to create income for yourself, then those opportunities won't come available to you. And that's the point I want to stress to you, right? That if you're not making the income, the game plan is all about creating skills that will give you the income, right? So then you can then turn around and invest in things that will give you more of the income, not sit things in in stocks or land or, or appreciating assets, right? We wanted to use performing assets with our money, until we are financially independent. Once you're financially independent and you want to put your money into the stock market, you want to buy land and sit and hold uh, for decades or whatnot, you want to do those type of things that don't give you cash flow, I think it's perfectly fine once you've already reached financial independence. But I think the skill of creating income without you having to be there is absolutely critical to making sure that we leave a legacy that's lasting, to live a lifestyle that we truly want and to never have to worry about money because we've learned the skills of creating money, not necessarily out of thin air, but to some people it seem like out of thin air. So that's the game plan to financial independence. I hope that was helpful. Hope you out there having a good old time this week, the 4th of July, enjoying your barbecue, your family, maybe some sand and sun and a beach, some barbecue and drinks and fireworks and all that good stuff. So Uh, With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get off this mic. Hopefully that was helpful. If you have any questions, if I need to clarify anything, please hit me up. You know my email, jamar at yourmoneyright.com. 
And of course, you head over to the Misfits Money Group on Facebook to come out, come on and hang out with us over there. So with that being said, I appreciate you listening. I really do. I love you. God bless. And P.S. And P.S. P.S.